This is Hemet. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Give us stars. I really, Hi. I think you need to be more clear. You don't give us stars, stars at, on the Patreon. Stripes. You gave us iTunes <laughs> reviews give us money stars. on Patreon if you'd yes. like to support what we do here. And you can get bonuses. And the more you donate, the more likely we are to do cool shit. Yeah. And then in addition to that, I just feel like your heart wasn't in it this time. In addition <laughs> to that, um, you can go to iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe to it. Those things help other listeners find our podcast. That was much better. Yeah. All right. I'm glad one of us is a fucking professional Nicely around here. done. Happy New Year, Hammett. Hey, Happy New Year. What did you do on New Year's Eve? I sat at home. Mm-hmm. Babies were asleep. Mm-hmm. It was glorious. <laughs> I had some I, diet um, cherry Pepsi. Look out. After midnight, you're Look at me. crazy. Yeah, wild man. I had a couple, two friends over, and I made some appetizers. You have two friends? Well, they're married, so <laughs> they come as a set. <laughs> One of them went to high school with me, and then his I'm husband like, just sort of came along with the ride. Stop hogging them all. <laughs> <laughs> we all made it to midnight 15, and then they had nice. to go to sleep. We um, The first thing I did this year was watch the first half of Batman Forever, <laughs> which is one of my favorite nice. childhood movies. Um, so, any resolutions, Hemet? Are no, you a resolution boy? No, I don't have time for this shit. God, you know, I feel like I our just banter live my is, life. <laughs> I feel like our banter is really falling off. You're asking someone <laughs> who doesn't do stuff. Oh, hello, Dottie. Um, hello, Dottie. Dottie's here, too. Uh, let's, let's start with the thing that... Uh, Let's start with the Congress. So, yes, new all Congress. I want to do is co- talk about Congress. I know. Uh, and I have a couple other smaller stories, but this is the big one. Let me talk about first about the religious demographics yes. of Congress, because this, to me anyway, is, is the bigger story, at least in terms of the religion politics world. So Pew Research Center, they always release a survey every two years, like on the nose the day the new Congress is sworn in. Uh-huh. And they kind of say, all right, here's the religious makeup of the new Congress. And every time they send this out, it's like, how many atheists are there? None. None. I mean, we would have known about it already, but none. But now it's like, oh, Jared Huffman. We've talked about this guy, representative from California. Mm -hmm. He said he's a humanist. He said he doesn't believe in God. He said this. Uh Like, he hasn't backed off of that. Right. So I'm like, well, at least when they come out with the survey this year, there will be one openly, whatever you want to call it, humanist, Mm -hmm. atheist, whatever, And my favorite line, and by favorite, I mean, oh, my God, it pissed me off, from the Pew Research Center uh, report was, there are no atheists in Congress. Uh This is what they summarize. And they pointed out, Huffman has said this other stuff, but Jared Huffman, quote, declined to state his religious identity in the CQ roll call questionnaire used to collect data for this report. Therefore, he was listed as refused to answer. Oh, instead of non-religious. Non-religious. So, technically speaking, there are zero open atheists in the new Congress. Had Huffman answered the damn question, dude, you have one job. Congress is shut down. What else are you doing? (laughs) Had he answered the question, there would have been one kind of open atheist. The thing that sucks is that, like... He should. First of all, I think it's kind of a bogus thing to ask people what their religion is. I'll get to that. And second of all, like (laughs) if there were other atheists, it wouldn't matter. It just—it's a little—it's something of a spotlight effect that, like, you're all we have. Sir, what did you say? (laughs) So, uh, as it turns out, you know, when they do these surveys, they say, for example, Christians, Christians of any stripe make up seventy-one percent of U.S. adults, and they make up eighty-eight percent. Of Congress, 88.2% of Congress. Mm-hmm. Christians are overrepresented in say. Congress, right? Um, when it comes to, let's say, Muslims, they represent 1% of the American population, 0.6% of Congress. Muslims are only 1%? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Jews are 2% of the US population, 6.4% of Congress, because there are 34 Jewish people in Congress. Here's what this boils down to for atheists. We represent, or at least the nuns, Uh so all the other people. Yeah, we are twenty three percent of the U.S. population. We are point two percent of Congress, and that's literally one person. And that's Senator Kirsten Sinema, the Democrat from Arizona. 
So Huffman, not included in that mix because he didn't answer the damn question. Right. He is one of the 18 people who either said, who either didn't answer the question or said, I'm not answering the question. <laughs> so 18 people said, I'm not answering the question. Uh-huh. Not a single one of those 18 is Republican. Every Republican answered the question because they know their base. Yeah, they, yeah, <laughs> they know their job here. And so the 18 things. So let's talk about a few things. First of all, cinema. Let's, let's get her out of the way. Uh, cinema, um, she is listed as unaffiliated. Mm-hmm. That is her technical religious label. Um, but I do want to point this out because I think it's relevant. Before you give her too much credit, <laughs> and I want to praise her in just a second, but before we give her too much credit, in 2012, when she was first elected to the House, um, we she had done a lot of work in Arizona for like, non-religious people. She had worked with their organizations. I think she came to the opening of the Secular Coalition for Arizona Mm -hmm. uh, before 2012. And then when she was running for the House, it's like, oh, right, I don't want to be affiliated with Uh, that group. And so she kind of just said, I ain't talking about religion. I don't want to answer questions about religion. And when I literally sent an email to her campaign spokesperson at the time, like, is she an atheist or Mm -hmm. what? Like, I don't care if you make a big deal of it, but is she? This is the quotation uh, we got. Kirsten believes the terms non-theist, atheist, or non-believer are not befitting of her life's work or personal character. Like, oh, oh, cool. we're, we're not good enough for you? Cool. You could have said, we don't want to answer it. No, right. no, no. It's like you're beneath us. So uh, that no, not okay. I mean, do you she, think that's what she meant, or do you think she means like none of those accurately define who she is, and therefore she doesn't want to operate within those labels? If that's the case, just tell me. I don't like labels. I am not personally uh, like uh, uh, Bernie Sanders mm-hmm. said. You know, I'm not a particularly religious person, but I do believe there's stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe there's a you know some higher power. He doesn't right. say God, whatever. He says some crap like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not exactly a tally mark for the atheists. Right. But whatever. I'm fine with that. Just tell me, you know, I'm not really personally religious, but I don't really have a label. Mm-hmm. I don't assign myself a label. If you ask me, I'll say I don't, I don't think it should be part of politics. Yeah. So I'm not going to answer the question. I would be okay with that. Mm-hmm. That's also different than Huffman, who's like, eh, I didn't. I get lost in the mail, the survey. <laughs> But cinema's like, no, it's beneath me, according to her spokesperson. Anyway, this hasn't changed in six years. Uh-huh. I still like, for the most part, her politics. Mm-hmm. She's conser- too conservative for me as a Democrat. As a Democrat, she's too conservative. But, like, whatever. I got bigger battles, right? Right. Um, so, anyway, she is the only unaffiliated person. When she was sworn in to the Senate... Looking fabulous, by the way. If you look at the pictures, oh my god, like, she looked great. Elwood's, I literally had it legally blonde, sort of like with a bow. sleeveless. It's like she had a faux fur. She yes. like took off the wrap, <laughs> sleeveless with her law book, and God, Mike Pence was just melting into a puddle. So Mike Pence is the one god who does the Senate. Fuck. Who does the Senate? Okay, oaths. imagine you're a <laughs> you, imagine you're a newly elected like a freshman representative. Yeah. Like this is the best moment of your life, and you have to get fucking sworn in by Mike Pence, who actively <laughs> hates you for no specific. I mean, Crazy. In the house, it would have been Paul Ryan or Nancy Pelosi. And if you're on the other side, uh, yeah. those are not pleasant Oof. either. And remember a couple few years ago when Biden was doing the swearing-ins, mm-hmm. you got all those photo ops where he's like very close with all the ladies who come oh, to take Biden, the picture. Oh, Biden, fix that it's, shit. It's always one of these weird things. And by the way, cinema was actually took the oath of office earlier in the day with a group of senators in the Senate itself. They like ban- oh, really? bundled them up in groups of four administer the oath and then the mike pence thing is just a photo op really um, but she did the thing with mike pence she yeah like you mentioned she had in her hand a law book mm-hmm. that's the best description i have heard Super i was trying great. to fi- i swear i zoomed into the book <laughs> and i'm like i don't know what book this is and no one's saying what book this is but it's a quote law book which contains the constitutions of the u.s and arizona mm-hmm. um but it's a thick book so there's more to it than that whatever she took her oath on that um there was a part of the oath where at the end of it mike pence says so help me god and she said yes or i do or something like that she <laughs> i think that's a standard yes. that's not weird but she also did not say i'm not saying that. whatever I'll, yeah. again little things i don't really care about that one 
But okay, she yeah. swore an oath on the law she's, book. Did we mention she's the first openly bisexual? She is woman? also yes, the first so openly like, bisexual. Yeah, her politics aren't like the dream, but she's a really fucking cool. She's person. She's a centrist and, like, Democrat right. as far as it goes. Fine, whatever. More Democrats. Right. Um, and I think we wanted to bring this up too. That was one example of someone not using the Bible to mm-hmm. swear the oath of office, whether they were in the House or the Senate. Other people, I mean. There were Qurans people used because there's a few Muslims in Congress mm-hmm. or a couple of them that are new. Uh, people used a Thomas Jefferson's Bible, which doesn't have any of the supernatural stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> when I, when my husband... I think Obama did that too, if I remember. Well, Obama correctly. had like a stack of Bibles. I'm sure if he I did. Remember one right. of them was which I didn't know that was like a thing. Like he had like a Lincoln well, you got to have your he super like Jesus a... powers when you're right. president. <laughs> Um, when the last time I was in, um, DC, which was for the reason rally, which is where you and I met for the first yeah, time, yeah, yeah. um, my, my husband and I, well, my then boyfriend and I, we had driven, I'm sure I've told this story, but I picked him up from work on a Friday. Uh-huh. We drove from Chicago to DC overnight, got there at about 7am Dropped my car off at a friend's place, okay. went straight to the reason rally Spent all day at the Reason Rally, hung out with some people, and what like, and then spent the night. Got up the next day, did two hours of touristy shit, and drove home. Like we drove <laughs> twelve hours on eat. It was a lot, a lot. But when we were there, we yeah. went to the Smithsonian, and they had the Jefferson Bible, like oh, the original one, fun. and that was really cool to see. Because if you don't know, um, Thomas Jefferson took a physical Bible and like with a razor blade, cut out the lines of stuff that he thought was supernatural. And his thinking was, I think Jesus was a really important teacher and had really important moral lessons to teach us. But, like, this magic bullshit, like, miss me with that. I'm not here for it. Yeah. So he just, like, literally just cut shit out. It's just such a cool thing to do. And so people swore an oath on that. Yeah. So, man. Maybe that's were, what I would do. There no. were a lot of options for people who didn't want to use a traditional Bible, though. And which you is, don't have to use anything, right? It's no, very... And if you remember, this... I, someone had to remind me of this, but last year, like literally a year ago, when the whole Roy Moore situation was happening uh-huh. in Alabama and before Doug Jones won uh, his race, remember on CNN, Roy Moore's old spokesperson, his name is Ted Crockett, he went on, and I think it was uh, Jake Tapper, yes. and he's like, everyone has to swear an oath on the Bible. And it's whoever the, the host was is like, no, no, you don't. You could choose what book to swear an oath on. Yeah. And he's like, no, it's the Bible. No, a lot of people choose the Bible, but you don't have to do the Bible. And the guy just went blank and stared at the screen yes. with the jaw dropped. That like, feels like 25 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that happened in like December. I or actually whatever. just in my time hop, um, it just came December up. December 2017. Last January when um, when he was sworn in, yeah. when Doug, Doug Jones was sw- sworn in, his son was there, I think, holding the Bible or hold or just like standing next to his dad and his son is gay yeah. and is just fucking staring daggers at oh, Mike Pence. I it's that. such yeah. an incredible picture. Just you can see the <laughs> flames shooting out of his eyes. <laughs> but yeah, so like all these people took all these different notes. Okay, other things about the new Congress. Yep. Another uh, Congress member that we haven't talked about, Jamie Raskin. He's a House member from Maryland who was elected in 2016. Mm-hmm. He is another person who has had a history of saying a lot of things that lead you to believe he doesn't believe in God. Uh-huh. And then he Playing dropped it. With us. And then he dropped it when he was running for the House, where like people were saying, oh, look, there's a humanist. With the H, like running, capital H, like running for Congress. Uh-huh. And he's like, uh, I don't call myself a humanist. Like, Interesting. Dude, what do you call yourself? I'm Jewish. Well. Okay, I know there are people. Barney Frank was one where what, after he left office and he had even made jokes about how he was an atheist, uh-huh. he later wrote in his book, he doesn't like the word atheist and he never used it because he worried that even though he grew up Jewish, he didn't want people to think that he was abandoning his his tribe in a way. Sure. So he always used it. Uh, so no one would consider him anti-Semitic because he wasn't. Raskin said in 2017, he's 100% Jewish, emphatically Jewish. I have never called myself an atheist, which is all fine and good, but that doesn't mean you 
believe, believe in, in God. God. I feel like secular so Jew is a pretty common label. Yes, so but I think on, it's under a little... the record, on the record, he's Jewish. No, no, no but right? I'm saying I just think it's really disingenuous <laughs> to be like, well, if I say I'm an atheist, then I'm abandoning my people. Like, yeah. I feel like a self-described secular Jew is an extremely common... For us, I think you're right. That oh, is pretty common. But if you're world. like, oh, you grew up Jewish, but now you're calling yourself an atheist, mm-hmm. I see how it is. I Whatever. see. Yeah. So anyway, he's not on the I list of I still can't believe Muslims are only 1% of the population. That kind yeah. of rocked my world a little bit just now. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, what else we got? Okay, so uh, two years ago... We did not have this, so we can talk about this now. There was now a Congressional Free Thought Caucus right in the House. In the Congressional Free Thought Caucus, there are 10 members right now. I don't know how many there will be Mm -hmm. with this new Congress, but before the elections, there were 10. Mm -hmm. Of those 10, only three of them are on the list of non-religious, like unaffiliated, don't know, refused, whatever list. Um... Jared Huffman, because mm-hmm. his thing got lost on the mail. Uh, Mark Pocan, who is a House member from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And Pram- uh, Pramila Jayapal from Washington, who is a really progressive uh, House member. Everyone else, like on the Free Thought Caucus, there's like two Jews, two mm-hmm. Catholics, one Buddhist. Mm-hmm. Guess where the Buddhist is from? This I had to look this one up because I'm like, I don't believe this. Where is the Buddhist from? I'm going to take a swing and say Montana. No. Oh. I'll give you a hint. Okay. His name is Hank. I'm going to stick with Montana. I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> Hank Johnson of Georgia. Georgia? I, I know if you know the guy, then you know he's Buddhist, but uh-huh. his name usually doesn't come up in my line daily stuff. But yeah, rep uh, Hank Johnson of Georgia. He's a Buddhist. He's also on the Free Thought Caucus. Um, another thing, the 18 members who said, I don't know, I'm not answering this question about my religion. Just a brief rundown. Huffman from California, uh-huh. Katie Hill, newly elected, California, uh-huh. Sean Caston, Illinois, right Woo! next to us, Woo-hoo! Bill Foster, my uh, representative Mine from too. Illinois, yep, Sharice Davids from Kansas, Jared Golden of Maine, Tom Malinowski, New Jersey, Antonio Delgado, New York, Suzanne Bonamici, Oregon, Earl Blumenauer, Oregon, Chrissy Houlihan, Pennsylvania, she's new, Delgado, Malinowski, Davids, Golden, they're all new, um, Jennifer Wexton, Virginia, she's new. Jayapal Pokan, we mentioned. Senator Michael Bennett from Colorado. Hmm. He didn't answer the question. Tammy Duckworth, Senator from Ooh. Illinois, didn't, uh, didn't answer the question or said, I don't, I'm not answering it. Uh, Tina Smith from Minnesota, who took over Al Franken's seat, oh, yeah. is not listed. And Tammy Baldwin of Wisconsin, which means, by the way, Illinois wins that battle there. Yeah, So suckers. way to represent... Um, that's a really impressive 18 scattering. People. A lot. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's all not over like the place. it's all from like the Northeast yeah. or in California. All over. It's not coastal elitist. That is right. And all of them are Democrats. Well, <laughs> not a okay, single that's Republican. the literally surprising One thing. One surprising thing. Last time we did this, or last time the list came out, Representative Judy Chu of California was on the list. Uh-huh. Now she's not. Really? She is now listed as a Unitarian Universalist, which... There is a lot of overlap, but she now lists herself as a UU member. Interesting. Yeah. And so, and Tina Smith is a new addition, even though she wasn't just elected. Mm -hmm. And one last thing I wanted to bring up is that there are, if you look at the total spread of all the people who are there, there are actually fewer Protestants and fewer Christians overall in this Congress than ever before. I mean, that tracks because... At least as uh, as long as Pew has been taking these surveys for sure, a long I mean, time. Well, that totally Since, makes sense because yeah. we've, we've had such a big uptick in minority religions and Christianity and Protestant, like that was such the overwhelming majority. Like that's the only place to draw numbers from. <laughs> right, right. That's true. Where else are these people going to come from? Who right. They're replacing a Christian probably. Um, fewer Catholics by five. Fewer <laughs> Mormons, three. Uh, there How are... Mormons are there? More than a handful. I mean, Wait, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Are we talking Congress? How many Mormons in are Congress? there now in Congress in overall? Congress. There uh, th- are well, how many? 10 Mormons. There are 163 Catholics. Uh-huh. There are 293 Protestants, uh-huh. 34 Jews, two Buddhists, three Muslims, three Hindus, two Unitarian Universalists, one Christian Kirsten Cinema, <laughs> and 18 people whose checks got lost in the mail oh, and no. they didn't answer the question. That's too bad. Um, yeah. 
And by the way, zero Christian scientists, which I just, they listed that and said, they're none of you. Any Scientologists? <laughs> uh, none. Not listed. Who knows? Yeah, that's true. No Quakers, no Anabaptists, no Pietists. What? I'm not familiar with that. I don't know. There's a lot. What's an um, Anabaptist? Oh, God. Ask me I know when it's I'm some... taking AP Euro. It's something about you don't get baptized until you're an adult. I feel like that's what the Anabaptist means. Good, God, good, I hope good. that's right. Come on. <laughs> at Jessica Anabaptist. Again, at Jessica is definitely <laughs> my Twitter handle. Please, please come in. <laughs> um, there are actually 16 more Christians overall who don't use a specific label. They're just, I'm Christian mm-hmm. of some nature mm-hmm. or something. Um, but overall, if you look at everyone who is technically a Christian, it's actually fewer than we've seen in a long time. That's really And cool. like you said... Those numbers go down, and what goes up are some of the Jewish, Buddhist, Muslim Mm -hmm. nuns or Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call them. So lots of, if you're looking at religious diversity, if you're talking about how this Congress is different than previous ones, uh, this is, I don't think this won't, this won't get the attention because it's all about Democrats getting their seats and the new house and all that good stuff. This doesn't get as much attention, the religious demographics. And you brought this up earlier, and I want to mention this. Does any of this matter? No, it is symbolic to me. I mean, I think there is value, though, in saying, hey, there's an atheist in Congress. That's Mm -hmm. nice to be able to say because it does help destigmatize that label. That is what this is useful for. And unfortunately, Dottie knows it. Unfortunately, there's no one you could even point to and say, yeah, atheists can get elected in America. Here's an example of it. Right. Technically, you can't even say that. Right. And also, there is always the the concept of representation, right? Like, yeah. the people representing us should look like the population that I mean, we have. Look, and the reality is, our, the number of atheists in this country are greater than zero. So maybe one would like be a we good said, start. Like we said, 1% of the American population is Muslim, and they do have multiple... I mean, they have two. <laughs> they, have three. <laughs> know, they, have three, they have three representatives there, but two of them are new. They were the two women who got sworn in. So that would be pretty reflective but of... think of all the coverage, and it's all positive coverage, mm-hmm. and it should be, which is to say, like, look, these women got elected, and they're Muslim, and they took an oath, and they were like, they're proud Americans, and they right. support America, whatever. Um, but... Like, look at all the coverage that got because it's saying, yeah, I'm from a Muslim family mm-hmm. and my family immigrated here a generation ago or whatever. Right. And now I'm in Congress. Isn't that amazing? Yes, those are amazing stories. Yeah, somebody was talking about how she came here, like, as a refugee, like, yes. 24 years ago, I think she said. Like, it's an, it's an incredible story and, and that's worth awesome. celebrating. And that's cool because you could even say, look, this person doesn't believe what the majority of the U.S. believes, but they can still get elected because on the basis of whatever you want to point to, but you can't do that with atheists right now. That's the part I didn't like. And I should point out two two things on that. One is there are a ton of religious representatives in the House and the Senate Mm -hmm. who I love, politically speaking. They're religious. Who cares? Right. Because I I like their policies. I like their politics. So I don't care that they're religious or not. If they support separation of church and state, call yourself whatever you want. A hundred percent. And I'm glad you said that because I don't think that can be said enough of like, yeah, it'd be good because people, I feel like. I'm not voting for an atheist on me. Exactly. Like, I think a question we get really frequently, and I get this as a woman as well, is like, are you voting for this person just because they are X, an atheist, a woman, whatever. And absolutely not. But the reality is it's better for all of us when our representation is more diverse and it's better for atheists, especially young atheists, to have somebody as a role model. So so you can say, like, listen, uh, yes, I don't believe in God, but, like, neither does President right. Hemant Mehta. <laughs> yeah, that ain't going to happen. But, is that yeah. an election year? Uh, I'll probably be dead by then. I don't know. It's a while away. But there is what you can do is look to the state level where there are at like a dozen uh, state representatives Uh who are open atheists and are elected, and they're just they're not there to legislate atheism. They're there to do good work, right? And that's awesome. So like that's what we should be looking for. And by the way, uh, granted, there are no Republicans on the list of the nuns or the cinema. But if someone said, I'm an atheist and I'm running as a Republican, 
I personally don't think that person would be a good candidate policy-wise because it's entirely possible on paper to be a Republican atheist who supports... uh, Small government. I mean, anti-women's rights, anti-abortion rights, anti-LGBTQ rights. They're not supporters of church-state separation or they don't think it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen those people talk about this stuff. Like, there are plenty of the conservative side, the people who are not part of the religious right, mm-hmm. a lot of them are not explicitly religious, right. but they also don't think the things we talk about are mm-hmm. necessarily big deals. Right. I don't want to vote for them. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm even if you say I am an atheist, I don't know that it would be something to celebrate if I could say, hey, there's one atheist in Congress, and it's, like, a one of the Republicans right. who's there. Like, I don't know that I would be cel- I wouldn't be celebrating the that. The kind of come off the apple there. Um, and we'd have a different conversation about what that means in terms of representation right. and the symbolism of it all. So, anyway, I think that's all the stuff I wanted to say about the Congress. Uh, I have more stuff. Please. Um, first of all, I mostly want to spend the rest of the episode talking about... Uh, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez's dancing video because it literally is like I can't think of a thing that's made me happier in a long time. So, <laughs> so tell us you, about the video. Yeah, so um, somebody with a really dumb fucking Twitter handle that it's like Q anonymous, Q anonymous four twenty sixty nine or whatever, yeah. which has since been deleted by the way. Has the whole, the whole account, account been? is gone. So whomever this is found a video of of AOC when she was in college, and she and AOC is of course like this super progressive, super progressive new Democrat, youngest person youngest, in Congress. I think, I think right so. Now. She's twenty nine. She's yeah. younger than me, which is really. What have you done with your life? Literally, this dumb podcast is all I've done. What the fuck? That hurts. That <sighs> hurts. <laughs> anyway, um, so she. <laughs> Um, she like did a video with some, uh, presumably I don't really know the context. Some friends. I think it was and they, uh, Breakfast Club. Yeah, she well, they recreated, but I don't know what recreated. it was for. Yeah. So they recreated the, the famous maybe, or a high school dance skit. scene. Yeah. And she like comes out and is dancing and spinning and like first of all is like fucking That's it. That's the whole video. She has this like beautiful dewy skin and her hair is like like looks great. She's just having the time of her life having dancing the time for her a life. minute. So this and so if you I watched the whole video because I have nothing much going on <laughs> in my life. Seven seconds. Or no, something. no, no, no. The whole original. Oh, there's a whole video. original. One? There's a whole original that. video that's literally like the whole Breakfast Club thing, and there's <laughs> probably ten other people in it, and they're all dancing and having fun. Yeah. So this person, not only <laughs> he found this video, pulled the forty seconds of her dancing, put different music behind it oh, for some reason, uh-huh. and then tweeted out. Are you looking up what the wording of the tweet was? Because it's really fucking important. First of all, he like. Puts her on blast because apparently she went by Sandy in college, and like, whatever. Do you know how he many names did, I have had over the years? What do people? What's a nickname for him? I'm not even telling you because I don't want people to start using the old stuff. Mental, him mental. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. But I mean, at Starbucks, I'm Bob. I've told you that. Yeah, I think you've told me that on the air. But (laughs) like other mispronunciations and stuff, it's sometimes easier. Like, look, just just call me. Call me Carl. I can see Alexandria to Sandy. I can see the connection there. Yeah, and also who gives a fuck? Also, exactly. Who cares? Like they also made fun. Like, oh, look, this is the dance she did at her elitist high school. Even though she says she's from the Bronx. Even though she said, yeah, I'm from the Bronx and I went to a nice school because my parents wanted but me to also, go to a better school. he got all of the facts wrong because uh-huh. it says she was in high school. She was in college. Um, it completely pulled it out of ca- Not that it matters. It was fucking charming either way. Um, and then he was like, here's your commie nitwit. Do you have it pulled up? I'm looking. It's like commie nitwit, quote, quote, Sandy Ocasio-Cortez <laughs> looking like the, I don't know, I think he's, I don't know. It, it what was, amused me is so, I, I saw like conservative outlets like, dude, what the hell are you making fun of her for? This is not, I mean, from their <laughs> perspective, they're like, Go after her policies. We right. don't like her policies. To be fair. <laughs> don't go after the dancing. To be fair, this thing has brought me a lot of joy, yeah. and so that's why I'm spending as much time on it as I, ha- as I can. From what I can tell, this one idiot posted it, and I don't think got an ounce of traction in what he thought he was going to yeah, get. You know what I mean? I, everybody was like, so she was cute and charming, or like she had friends, are you jealous? Like, right. what are you fucking <laughs> doing? Um, so it's... 
I wish it was more of a story. Like, I wish Fox News had jumped on it because that would have brought me a lot of like a lot of joy to watch them lose their mind she over like post, a young woman having fun. She did post an update where she was dancing outside her Congress. She office. sure fucking did have it. <laughs> she was dancing to war, and guess what? Still charming as fuck. Yeah. Um. So that <laughs> happened. I want to talk about that a lot. Also, in other AOC news, There's I really other I AOC would, news? just one more thing. Uh-huh. First of all, I really like her a lot. I'm. I haven't been as like obsessed with her as everyone has but the last two days. Like I've really come around. Like not that I ever thought poorly, but I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah I like this chick. She there's so little in Congress that you could point to and it, say this brings me joy. I mean, the so other when thing something that, does, then... the other thing that brought me joy is that Lauren Underwood, who is somebody I canvassed for, mm-hmm. when she was sworn in, she wore this like beautiful pink um, like skirt suit, and it looks exactly like the thing that Liz Lemon wore in the first episode oh of God. of Thirty Rock. Anybody who knows that reference can picture it immediately. And I saw it. <laughs> I was like, she's thanking me by paying tribute to one of my favorite shows. You're, oh my God, Lauren, thank you. Yes. Anyway, um, so yeah. Yesterday, they also, they being Congress, also voted Nancy Pelosi in as the new right. Speaker of the House. And guess who got booed when she voted? You mean the only one out of like 200 some uh-huh. people who got booed? She got fucking booed. So first, so it AOC. was AOC. Sorry. I, yeah. I, I hoped everybody got that punchline yeah. already. Like everybody, they call your name and you say who you're voting for and... It is what it is. And she was sitting there with, like, Lauren, Lauren Edwards and her posse. No big deal. I'm, like, <laughs> basically a member of I Congress I like how you're now. using that to say you're now friends with AOC. Well, I'm now friends with Lauren Underwood. She definitely remembers me. I'm sure she does. I keep tweeting at her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, she's, like, sitting with this, like, group of women, and they're all, like, having fun and supporting each other. And it's, like, so the antithesis of this boys club <laughs> that we've seen our entire lives. And she votes for Nancy Pelosi and she gets booed and she just like starts snickering and like looking at her friends like, what the fuck? And then she tweeted, over 200 members voted for Nancy Pelosi today, yet the GOP only booed one, me. Don't hate me because you ate me, fellas. God, she's the fucking best. They have no idea what that means, all those other members of Congress. It's it's just so good. Anyway, that's all I have on her. I do have one more thing vis-a-vis Congress. Yeah. Um, Rashida Tlaib. Oh, shit. Did I say it right? Yes. Tlaib? Yeah. I don't think I did. Anyway, yesterday, right after she got sworn in, she was at another event, so she wasn't, like, in the house. But she was talking about um, Trump, and she said, we're going to impeach the motherfucker, which was, like, (laughs) like, if I was jized about AOC dancing, this set me on fire. Fire. She's one of the new uh, Muslim, I believe, representatives yeah. in the House. She and she sure went to an after is. party thrown by a website. I forgot which one. And that's where she made these comments. And oh, of course, my... people flipped their shit. Yeah. Which cause... is hilarious because Trump swears all the time. They never care. He grabs women by the pussy. They didn't care about that. Well, but he it's called a called them shithole so countries. They didn't care about that. But they are going to like tell her how dare. And even some Democrats are yeah, like, people how were dare sh- she say At this? At first, I thought. The way it was framed, it sounded like she said that, like, in, like on the floor of Congress. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> that's, that's fucking bold. But <laughs> it was one. at an after party, like, chill. Right. Um, she, but then she, uh, people got mad, so she released a following statement. Um, Congresswoman Tlaib was elected to shake up Washington, not continue the status quo. Donald Trump is completely unfit to serve as president. The Congresswoman absolutely believes he needs to be impeached. She ran and won, making this very clear to the voters in her district. Trump's actions have harmed the 15th Congressional District and this country, and Tlaib will not stay silent while this happens, which is fucking dope. Like, she she didn't apologize. She didn't say, oh, I could have used better words. By the way, because she did that, people were talking about impeachment all all day today. Uh And, again, if you're like tutting her or whatever the old people do, like how dare you use that language again? They don't care when their own side does it. Uh, here's the They're thing. just mad that she was like happy. Well, and, and this... again, she won't. They won't impeach unless they have something to do it on. Right? Like nothing is happening because she's yeah. sw- also <laughs> this. This kind of harkens back to a thing that we touch on a lot on this show of the Christian right's obsession with appearances over substance because what Trump has done is objectively bad. I, he has there was put a, children I saw in... An, yeah, I saw tweets, a lot of them, that are like, you're mad at this woman for saying motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Trump's put kids in cages. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about this quotation from uh, uh, Tony Campolo, the, the Christian preacher, who said something like, you know, 
Uh, I'm going to butcher it, of course. I'm going to find it first. You talk. Well, okay. I want to make um, sure I get this right. Uh, so, anyway, it just comes down to that. Uh, uh, they care so much more about what you look like and what you what your sort of outward appearance is yeah. and use anything as an excuse to excuse their poor actions. Um, I have Trump's here's, quote. Here's okay, the yeah, quotation from Campolo, who's a Christian preacher. His son is Bart Campolo, who's been on this podcast, uh, who's now an atheist. But uh, Tony Campolo once said, I have three things I'd like to say today to a church audience. First, while you were sleeping last night, 30,000 kids died of starvation or diseases related to malnutrition. Second, most of you don't give a shit. Third, what's worse than that is you're more upset with the fact I said shit than the fact that 30,000 kids died last night. Yeah, that's, that's a, the that's idea. That's a great like, summation. Don't, don't I'm actually glad you looked that upset. up. You could have really butchered that You phrase. know I would have. Um, Trump responded with his usual grace. I thought her comments were disgraceful. <laughs> um, this is uh, a person... This is a person... Lessons on grace from Donald Trump. This is a person Trump. that I don't know. I assume she's new. <laughs> <laughs> I think she dishonored herself, and I think uh, she dishonored her family. Using language like that in front of her son... There's no way this is Trump. Yeah. Using language like that in front of her son and whoever else was there, I thought it was a great oh. dishonor to her and her family. I thought it was highly disrespectful for, to the United States of America. Thank you, President Pussy Grabber. Yeah. <laughs> All <Anyway>. right. <laughs> Let's talk about... Uh, this is a short one, I swear. Wait, are we going to leave politics? I have one more poll. We're going to leave politics. Okay, Go wait, ahead. can I do my politics please, thing? Please, please, please. So Elizabeth Warren is unlikable now? Since fucking when? <laughs> Since she said she's running for president. That makes her unlikable. Oh, my God. This is My favorite thing about Elizabeth Warren saying she's going to run is there was a... I forgot who tweeted this, but he's like, there were people when Hillary Clinton was running who said Elizabeth Warren is, is the like, one who should be yeah, running. Yeah, she's the likable one. Yeah, like she's somebody, the one who knows I was trying to find the tweet Those when I was... same people are yes. like, ugh, Pocahontas is running. I was trying like, to find the tweet when I... Um, when I was doing research for this, granted, it, I had like 10 minutes between work and this, um, but I remember somebody found a tweet from 2016 and from this week. One was like, we should be running a Biden-Warren ticket. That's a much more likable ticket. <laughs> and then like now it's like, Elizabeth Warren, she's so unlikable. Right. And if you think I'm like... Consider this. If you look at approval ratings of Hillary Clinton over her lifetime, over the time or over her adult life, the only time the times when she was pulling the worst, when she was quote unquote most dislikable, was the time she was running for office, was right. the time she was trying when to assert her power. She was like her Secretary power. of State. Great. Great. But ratings. as soon as you try to reach for something, right. as soon as you, she ran for Senate, ran for president, that was when she was dislikable. So maybe, just maybe, let's look at ourselves in the fucking mirror and say that we find women who seek power dislikable, or if they're AOC, who is fucking the most likable person in the, fa <laughs> the planet, we can't take her seriously because she danced when she was 20. Like, fuck off off with this. This is and why I, I didn't dance when I was 20. You don't dance now. Yeah, that's right. I think that's I'm, at your wedding. Did I'm, you dance at your wedding? Hell no. I'm likable, damn it. <laughs> and you want to stay likable? That's why you don't dance? Yeah, that's my excuse. <laughs> Everybody would feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And I, of all the progressives who are going to say they're going to run, like, right. all right, I'm fine with Warren. She's as good as any other candidate that I'm fine with running. Like, they're yeah. all good. I hope that some of these candidates, because every candidate always has a faith outreach person, mm -hmm. like, be my liaison to the faith community. Are you saying they're going to reach out to us? Uh, no, not us specifically. But I hope some of these candidates, like, do something to say, hey, there is a large base of not just progressive Christians, because right. they're politically active. Right. And that's awesome. Mm -hmm. But also, like, a huge swath of non-religious people who don't have little tribes like churches who still need, should be reached and can be reached. Because as far as voting goes, mm -hmm. we don't vote our weight mm -hmm. in terms of our representation. Like, whatever, we're 23% of that. We are not 23% of the voting population. Right. And so there is outreach that can be done, especially with us, since we're more likely to agree with your policies anyway. Mm -hmm. These candidates need to have someone reach out to non-religious communities explicitly. Yeah, we are definitely a very untapped market. Um, Seriously. And generally vote as a monolith. Like, yes, being an atheist does not mean you are liberal. Right, right. But 70 to 80% of people who are yeah. non-religious are voting for the Democrat. It's a pretty safe bet. So, yeah. 
You should. I mean, I hope, Warren, should I don't we, know any of these people are doing any of that. Should we start a super PAC? Um, I'm sure it's easy. Do yeah. you have like $18 million? Uh, yeah, let me check my wallet. Okay. All right. Uh, let's go to this one because it's silly and we're going to be, I don't want to spend forever time on it, but it did make me laugh. (laughs) Um, This is a tweet that was put out by John Piper, the Calvinist preacher who is just hardcore, intense, conservative. Sorry, which one's Calvinist? Uh, It's one of the ones. Here's what the tweet says. Is that the one where absolute zero is, it was a Calvin joke? Stop it. It was like, listen... Out of all of our listeners, two people laughed, and that's worth it to me. Took me a second to realize it's <laughs> Kelvin. Yeah, yeah, Here's the tweet. Is absolute zero a thing in Kelvin scale? I have no... It's been a long You're time. You're a math teacher! Eh, I've been out of the... Okay, go ahead. Picture. Read the Bible. Memorize the Bible. Oh. Speak the Bible. Okay. Submit to the Bible. Oh, okay. Love the Bible. Marry the Bible that's this year. That's a cult, my dude. <laughs> that is what cults look like. <laughs> Put a hole in the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) I love how these guys are like, every time these same people talk about same-sex marriage, they go out of their way to put marriage in quotation marks because it's not real marriage. But here they're like, obviously symbolically, like marry the Bible this year. None of that nuance. They're just like, yes, elope with it, caress it. Huddle with it. Wait, could you? I'm sorry, because the the because Poe's law is so real. Can you read the actual quote again and not the garbage that you inserted? <laughs> God damn it! Not read, inserted. Read. <laughs> <laughs> read the Bible. Uh-huh. Memorize the Bible. No. Speak the Bible. Uh-huh. Submit to the Bible. Love the Bible. Marry the Bible this year. Yeah. No, that is straight up cult garbage. Yeah. Hoofa doofa. Wowza. So good times. Okay, here's a happier. No, it's not happier. Here's other news. <laughs> it's the, not happy, it's just different. It's just Mormon. Um, the Mormon church has now announced that if you're a female missionary, I heard this. You, you can wear pants. You can wear pants instead of skirts. That's like very long nice. angle, ankle covering, don't be a hussy skirts. Mm-hmm. You can now wear pants, which all right, that's progress in Mormon world, I guess. But there are so many rules concerning these. And by the way, you know who made this decision? If you look at the picture, it's the first presidency of the Mormon church, which is like the three oldest white guys they could find mm-hmm. who run the church. That's who approved it's the, the decision. It's called the first presidency. It's called the first presidency. It's the three dudes. And here's specifically the rules that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints announced. Mm -hmm. Do not wear dress slacks that are too tight, that are cropped above the ankle, so like no capris. Don't touch the floor. They should fit well, not too tight or too loose, and be in solid conservative colors. Dress slacks and skirts should not be transparent. Well, that's just good advice. I didn't realize they were trans. Okay. Revealing... Mm. Casual, wrinkled, sloppy, or faddish. Do not wear floor... Sorry. Faddish. F-A-D? Correct. Okay. Do not wear floor-length skirts, pantsuits, or baggy or skinny-style slacks. Basically, all you're allowed to wear are, like, black like dockers. pants. Uh, I'll assume I know what you mean. Black pants that... I mean, your body just better fit in them normally. And if you're curvy, don't. Like, if your body is too tight inside the pants, whatever the pants are, like, I am not a fashion, woman's fashion especially, believe it or not. But, like... You're not a woman's not fashion? Not everybody is going to fit perfectly into any pants. And, like, some people no. are going to be revealing no matter what they do. Well, okay, pants, Isn't it like a cleavage thing, too? I I'm mean, done with this conversation. different... Because, like, it, it, pants definitely have more variety, so you can get, like, a waist and an inseam fitted. So If you like, get it tailored, probably. Like, you know, I mean, you can just go all. buy pants that are, like, okay. a certain length. And it, like, shirt, the, the thing with shirts is that, like, a shirt I wear and a shirt my best friend Leslie wears, who maybe weighs 100 pounds, like, we could wear the exact same shirt and my tits would be popping out of it. And that's not the shirt. That's just how bodies happen. Right. Pants are a little less, it's a little more, it's a little easier to be uniform. I think my problem is always the subject, the subjectivity of these things. Cause as a person who's worked at places where I had to wear a uniform, 
if something's neat or not tight enough or whatever, like that is that is the opinion of the grossest dude near you. And if he <laughs> thinks that shit is too tight, and like women's dress pants are kind of slimy, You're like they're they're cut tight. Uh, who they don't have back pockets, so they're like. Who decides if they're too revealing Old or too white tight? Men, yeah. always, always, always. Uh-huh. I don't know what. I mean, I guess they're thinking just low cut pants, which I heard low rise jeans are coming back. Fucking hashtag never again, never again will I wear low rise je- pants. I cannot. I can't, and I won't. And I conversation can't. I'm not a part of. Um, the thing that I think is tricky is it can't be above the ankle and it can't touch the floor. Yeah, that is fucking. That is that's some, a very narrow. That's some ninja tailoring <laughs> you're gonna have to do, my dude. And by the way, I wish I could tell you that the reason they did this is because women were pushing for a little more option, more options. Uh-huh. No, the reason they did this is because some of their missionaries are in countries where there's a shit ton of mosquitoes and it gets cold. So they were oh. offering, and the skirts don't help with the cold. And so they were like, all right, you can do pants. And I guess yeah. we got to just do that across the board. I'm basically just, like, when I was working the, the convention for work in uh, in October, I'm just thinking of, like, what I wore. And they were just very generic, straight leg. Like, the kind of thing, like, I hope you're not noticing what I'm wearing. These are, the, these are basically camouflage in pant form. You're not going to look at my lower half because it's just, like, draped in straight black <laughs> material that touches nothing and yeah. reveals nothing. But, like, yeah, I mean, they're just saying don't wear, like, leggings as jeans, basically, is what they're saying. Anyway, it's stupid. I mean, so cool, I guess. Congrats on progress, question mark. Yeah, I mean, um, it's not nothing, right? <laughs> yeah. Or is it? Or is it? Um, Jerry Falwell uh-huh. Jr. of Liberty University did an interview with Joe Helm of the Washington Post. And here's the question that seemed to get everybody's attention. Here's the question. Is there anything President Trump could do that would endanger that support from you or other evangelical leaders? And Falwell's answer? No. Literally, that's it. And <laughs> Helm responds, that's the shortest answer we've had so far. And Falwell, Falwell goes on to say, only because I know that he only wants what's best for this country. And I know anything he does, it may not be ideologically, quote, conservative, but it's going to be what's best for this country and Russia. And I can't imagine him doing anything that's not good for this country. That is fucking... Which tells you a lot about the limits of his imagination. Th- yeah, that is... Beyond the pale, though. Like Jesus walking on water, I'm with you. Trump doing anything bad? No. Impossible. Yeah, that's wild. Because... I can answer that question before the sun's up on Twitter. Right. But I mean... (laughs) Tell you what he's done that's bad. Like, what if Trump came out and said, like, Christianity is bullshit. You're an idiot if you believe this. Well, we didn't elect him to be pastor. Like, that's these people's mindset. Because, again, it is functioning like a cult. How, did, how, 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 how did Trump do this? Judges. That's it. He gives them anti-abortion judges, and he knows they are dumb enough to just say, that's all we want. You could do anything you want. You will have our support. I don't think you that's ju- dumb. I think that's, that's it. I think that's just nefarious. Yeah. It's single-minded. Yeah, and he knows that he can get away with ignoring Jesus or the message these people preach at church right. as long as he placates them with this one thing that they are faith-bound yeah. to be obsessed with. It's like, well, then they won't stop me from doing anything, else, literally, apparently, right. anything else, because whatever, they're, they're, <laughs> they're placated by that. Just give them judges. That's all they want. That's fucking rough. And that's, and that's literally, they that's really will say dis- this too. Yeah. Like, there are people who are one-issue voters. I mean, there are plenty of progressives who are like, no, climate change is important, and plenty who are like, get money, is Citizens United overturned. But, like, at no point, even with the wall, the stupid wall, they, even Democrats are like, we'll give you the wall money if you pass the DACA bill. Right. And Trump said no, and now it's a different issue. But even they were like, fine, we'll give you your stupid thing, but give us this thing we want. Right. But with... These conservative Christians, it's like, are you anti-abortion? If you say, and even Trump is like, yeah, we should punish women. Remember during the campaign? Yeah, I remember. And they were like, oh, wrong answer, but he's still anti- On the right track. Then he went back and said, sorry, I meant to say, I hate abortion. No abortions for anyone. And they're like, oh, all right, you have our support. Dick. Um, Falwell also said something. um, I want to make sure I get this right. He was talking about the poor 
And they were saying, like, you know, Trump has done all these things. He's advocated violence. He's committed adultery. He lies often. I mean, should that person really be leading the country from a Christian perspective? Uh Isn't that disqualifying? And in this long, rambly answer, one of the things Falwell said is, uh, why have Americans been able to do more to help people in need around the world than any other country in history? It's because of free enterprise, freedom, ingenuity, uh, entrepreneurism, entrepreneurism and wealth a poor person never gave anyone a job a poor person never gave anybody charity not of any real volume it's just common sense to me which by the way if you holy mm, shit if you look in the bible there is a parable jesus tells of a woman who a poor woman who donates a couple of coins to i forgot where where rich people are also giving money to the same place. And Jesus calls out that woman who gives a couple coins and says, hey, disciples, that woman has given more than all those rich people because she didn't have a lot to begin with, and yet she still gave, like, proportionally, by a percentage. That's more, like, that's the power of the poor, right? The rich shall inherit, what a poor, meek shall inherit the the earth. the poor people are the ones that Jesus always talks about. Yeah, right? and also the thing about like the poor people's campaign is the progressive easier, left thing. A camel can easier fit through the eye of a needle than a rich man get into heaven. Right, nicely is that done. It? That's it. And again, the Bible. Can I tell you why is, I know that? Why? Because there's an SNL sketch. Nice. <laughs> again, all the stuff about the poor and what does Falwell say? Psh, poor people never gave anyone a job. A poor that people never gave anybody charity. Fuck. There are plenty of poor people who give to charity These and they give in other ways. Ugh. Evil. These people Seriously. are fucking evil. So that's like really the guy who's leading the charge for conservative Christians who are Trump backers. Like nothing they say Jesus can ever bother them. so bad. Oh, I got one last one for okay. you if you want to talk about. This yep. is totally tangential to everything else we've been talking about. Um, More than a decade ago, I heard about this thing. There is a wealthy Jewish man named Larry Bloomberg, and he lives in Alabama. And there's not a lot of Jews in Alabama, certainly not in his very Christian town of Dothan. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. So he came up with a plan. He's like, I got money. I will donate a million dollars to make this happen. And what he said is, I want 20 Jewish families to relocate to my city and for every Jewish family, um, if you promise to get involved with the local temple, the synagogue, if you stay at least five years, I will give you up to $50,000 to help you with moving, housing, loans, money for a small business, private school education for your kids. Like, I'll give you up to $50,000 if your family relocates here. And I thought that at, like, 2008 or whatever... Interesting. All right. Rich people and their money. All right. That's a thing to do, I guess. That is a little icky to me. Also, I'll pay you to be Jewish in Alabama. (laughs) Like, all right. I mean, I just feel like that feels a little like, God, if if a white person did that, which I hate to say that, but like, (laughs) if, if you live in like, even if you live in a Jewish community and you're like, I would pay 20 Muslim people to move in here, like, oh, that feels Yeah, there's a something weird about it. Let's okay. assume, you know, he meant well. He just said, I want more Jewish people in the area and maybe they need an incentive because sure, they guess. probably wouldn't move here. Okay, so it's been a decade and Julie Zausmer of the Washington Post actually caught up with some of the families that moved there because some of them moved and there. And they're like, we love hot weather and giant bugs. This is great. <laughs> this is my home. Well, I... What was the exact number? She said 11 families ended up moving there Uh, since he started paying them. He said he will pay for at least six more, and he's lowered it to now three years, not five. (laughs) But basically, as she wrote, almost a decade into the experiment, seven of the 11 families have left. And she was writing about a couple that was there Uh and was thinking about leaving. Basically, they were saying, like, why do you think... They were like, yeah, we don't, it's not worth it. Why do you think that was the conclusion they came to? Um, So my initial thought is you're really hitching your wagon to this dude having a community for you. Like if you, if, if you're moving somewhere because of the community and this guy like drops the ball, that's not great. Also, I can't imagine, I, I feel like for me moving into, and I've lived in very, very conservative areas and the culture shock was something also, if they have kids, maybe I don't think Alabama schools are especially great. Maybe people are depends anti- where you're at. I, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's that that's, a, that's an unfair uh, generalization. 
general anti-Semitism? That is one of the things. Um, the couple that uh, Zelsmer actually talked to that was considering leaving, and by the end of the piece, they're like, yeah, we're, we're leaving. Um, she said, one Alabama, uh, Alabamian, Bamian, one yeah. Alabamian shocked Kenny by stating her belief that Jews make hamburgers with baby's blood. <laughs> Fuck yeah. me. Another who it, uh-huh. Another who had hired Kenny. No. Another who had hired Kenny as a home healthcare aide asked him recently where he went to church and when he told her that he was Jewish, he got a call from the agency that night saying the patient no longer considered Kenny a good fit to care for her. So anti-Semitism was a big part of it. A lot of them said, yeah, we're close to the other Jewish people, including the ones who moved here. That yeah, community, that's, that's, they praised the temple and the community in the t- synagogue and all that. Ten families does not a community make. Yeah, they basically said, we are still minorities in this overwhelmingly Christian town, no matter how many of and these families move here. Not just overwhelmingly Christian, but aggressively Christian. Aggressively Christian like. town. And that made it not worth it. So that's why they ended up leaving. You know, that's really disappointing. And, and I, I hope I didn't come off as an asshole, like, disparaging Alabama as a state. Like, I, whatever, it, it is what it is. But, like, I, I know the specific challenges that go into moving to a very conservative area. And I was only there for, like, a brief amount of time by myself. And, like, it's, it's a challenge. It is mm-hmm. a challenge to be around people who do not share any of your values and slash or are openly hostile to you. It's really, really, really difficult. I really Especially do. if you're trying to make a life. Yeah. I really do wonder how much money would have been worthwhile to make your, to make that worthwhile, to make that experiment know. work. Cause 50,000, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a year nothing, salary, but it's, yeah. but it's like, okay, it's like a year's salary to move there for your life more or less. Right. Maybe that's not worth it. Especially like you said, if you have kids and you're trying to get something going and have a career, right. Um, how much would have been enough? I don't know the answer to that. But. I mean, I, I think it would take a whole lot for me to, because like cards on the table, I felt like moving out to the suburbs. I felt like I moved to a pretty conservative place in comparison to where I lived in, in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was like, it is still a bit of a culture shock when I'm t- like, if just like interacting with the world and like, I'm used to being one of many liberal people. And that is not only like, I was at the dog park over the summer and I was wearing an ACLU shirt. And this woman like, like came out to me. She's like, I love your shirt. I uh-huh. just moved here, and I feel really worried about. It's a, like I've heard that from atheists in conservative towns too. That if they wear their atheist stuff, mm-hmm. yeah, there is a chance people are gonna. There's backlash, yeah, and but at the same time, you're gonna get those whispers and right. those little like winks and like. Right. And, and that's it's not like, say, like the we atheist live in, at the Thanksgiving table who opens the eyes during prayer. It's right. like you'll catch someone else's eye. Right. Like, yeah. And, and that's not to say that like Naperville or Aurora are like super conservative, but there it's a pretty Catholic area. It's a pretty. I mean, it's just rich white people and rich white people values, which tend to lean conservative. I wonder if other cities in other states that are also conservative, like might've been better off. I don't know if it was the Alabama thing well, or just a conservative know, Christian like, town. I would imagine like uh, Birmingham would be more liberal than like rural Alabama. Right. Alabama is right? a word I tried to say, right? And by the way, he, as far as I know, uh, the guy with the money did not help them move out. <laughs> oh, you don't say. It was ultimately like maybe a waste of their money or they lost money on the whole experiment, but they were willing <sighs> to give it a shot. They had to know what the risks were going sure. into it. They must have known like, well, it's probably not going to be easy. Um, but if we are that is such tied a rich down, person thing to do is like, I like this community, but I want more people like me. You there, peasants. <laughs> Come to Come me. Come to me. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, interesting. Oh, I'm not crazy weird. about that. That story makes me feel it sits very awkwardly with me. I yeah, don't... I mean, it did ten years ago too. Like when he announced it, that was the reaction to all the things you're saying. And what surprised me, and I didn't know this until re- reading uh, Zelsmer's article, is that wow, all these people actually hitched their picked up their lives and right. they moved there. And yeah, they're moving out a bunch of them. But like, wow, this many people said. We're taking that risk because mm-hmm. whatever the reason was. Yeah, and I think the the lesson is that community is very very important, and there isn't much substitute for it. Like this man was willing to put up his money to form a community, and he tried. And people were willing to take money, but even the which arguably it's not enough to to warrant moving to, especially God when you consider like 
if you have kids, the fact that right. I live near family makes childcare issues less. No, I don't All have a child. Issues. I need to be clear. But but so yeah, like fifty thousand dollars is not incentive enough. But be that as it may, even that money was not enough to substitute. Right. How for much a, money would it be? How much a, money would it take for you to move there? For me personally, yeah. I honestly, I would say maybe maybe a hundred thousand dollars per year. Uh huh. So assuming. Because that's assuming I would not be able to find work right away. Mm-hmm. That's assuming all the costs that go with with moving and finding a new place and figuring out your new shit. And again, the stuff that you take for granted when you have family that lives nearby. Like, God, you've been living like... Y- you're, how much do you depend on your family for like watching oh, your fucking kids? I, how I much is that, that worth, worth to yeah. you? Yeah, I probably wouldn't move for that amount. And yeah. it's not that I don't want the money or don't need the money, but like... Yeah, I probably wouldn't move for that amount. Yeah, but I mean, even it would like, take a lot more because I'd be giving up so much more. Giving up, like just just straight up financially speaking, no. the cost of moving plus the assuming you're going to be going home for holidays every year. That's a few grand uh-huh. every year, two or three times a year if you want to see your family. Like, it's it's manageable, but it's not nothing. And I would I wouldn't want to just break even on that deal. I would want to say like I I want my not my cost, my, uh, my, cost my, of living? not cost of living, but like my uh, status of living, my mm. life quality, like quality, quality of life is what I was life. looking for. Would be better. Like I would hope if somebody's paying me to move there, I hope like I'd have like a piece of property that I could let my dog run around. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I don't know. for me to have a friend. Yeah. But I mean, I think that would be the worst the for point. you because you would probably pay a hundred thousand dollars a year not to have to talk to anybody. That is true. I mean, so. I'd want more money then to I'd bring the friend here. So I have them, but like, mm-hmm. give me more money. So I don't have to talk to them. Yeah. Just keep paying me. He can just Speaking of which, go yep. to patreon.com slash friendly <laughs> atheist podcast. You too can get me to that goal of a hundred thousand dollars a year. <laughs> then we will send Jessica to Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> I've driven through Alabama on my way to Florida during <laughs> spring break like a real white trash Indiana person. Oh, uh, I once did a little road trip to Talladega from the uh, Why airport. Why Talladega? Oh, from the airport. It was good. Was it for a It was for an atheist talk? thing. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. Um, yeah. All right. So we'll see you next thing. week. No, oh, I've, you got I've, more? No, no, no. They're not stories, oh. but they're just things I forgot to say and want to say. Uh, one... Um, I am going to be in L.A. this coming week. So on the 8th, if you live in L.A. Um, and are reasonable distance to Highland Park, I'm going to be at ETA on Tuesday the 8th at 6.30 p.m. I've heard from a few. It sounds like at least two people are going to be there, maybe three. So that's pretty exciting for me. Um, a couple of people have asked how they find me. I don't know. I've never been to that place. <laughs> Email me, I guess, or tweet at me if you have such things. Also, uh, in October, I uh, did a talk for the Houston Oasis. Um, and I did a whole talk about feminism and all of that stuff. Uh, it's up on YouTube now, so if you go to the Houston Oasis, YouTube I tweeted channel. it, or if you um, go to the, the Houston Oasis YouTube channel, you can watch it. It's about 35 I minutes. I watched it. It was good. I just want everybody to know the surprise in his <laughs> It's funny. I, I shared it with a couple people, and like two people were like, I watched it. And I was like, why? I was just, I just <laughs> wanted you to know it existed. My favorite um, parts are during the Q&A, when you make faces, like on The Office, where you stare into the camera, like, why did this person my f- mention My friend this? did try to meme me. And <laughs> so my, the first question was from a guy... And it wasn't really a question. It, it was a question eventually, but it started with like lecturing me about Bernie Sanders for, you know, 90 seconds solid. And I f- here's the thing is most of my communication with the outside world is via this podcast. So nobody but Hammond can see the faces I make when I hear things that displease me. I also see the middle finger. I didn't. What? At me. Oh, at all you. The time. Oh, almost always. Yes. I thought you meant during my talk. No. And I was like, no, no, even no. I would not do that. I no. probably would. They were um, fine. Like, the audience was fine. The questions no, no. were fine. But at times when the subject matter got interesting <laughs> in that way, I could see the look on your face like the seething. Yeah. Where you're like, I'll be just, polite and answer this. Yeah. I'll, my friend memed it. Is that a thing kids do? No. Anyway, I'll share that because <laughs> my, it was my friend Anne initially was like, 
There is a, like, there's a moment where you make an amazing face and I went back and looked and I fucking look right down the barrel of the camera like I am on the goddamn office. Like, it is, I didn't, I don't remember doing it, but it was just <laughs> a moment of like, yeah, all right, okay. Anyway, like, and that's shitty of me. It was a fine question. It was just a lecture before we got to the question part. And it was like, I don't want to hear anybody lecture me about Bernie Sanders anymore. I don't, I don't need it. I don't want it. I just, just, just miss me. Just miss me with it. Um, thanks for attending to that, people in Houston. I didn't mean to talk shit. Uh, Hammond, what's a good thing happening to you this week? Uh, go first. Uh, I'm going to L.A. I have at least four, maybe more interviews lined up that I'm like I'm looking forward to hearing these after the fact. joked as yeah. hell about. Um, I don't want to say any of them in case any of them fall through, but I will, I will say that... Um, I'm going to be talking to Ross Blotcher. He's he's a luck. <laughs> he's a very dependable guy. <laughs> I don't of Ono Ross and Carrie. Of Ono Ross cool. and Carrie, who I t- yeah um, yes. of one of my favorite podcasts. Um, so I'm just like good really, luck. I yeah. hope the interviews come through. Me too. I'm and nervous about bringing this recording equipment through. Have fun at TSA, but you're uh-huh. not brown. No, nope, white fine. person. I'm very non-threatening. Um, do you have anything you'd like to talk uh, about? It was a good week. It was fine. It was relaxing. It's just family time this week. Yeah. Not much going on. We're still it's in a good. sort of down, downturn. Anyway, um, you can follow me on Twitter at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-E. You can I'm follow Hammett Meta. at his name, like a genius. He just <laughs> made his name his Twitter handle. What a fucking genius. I was like, I have a cute <laughs> nickname. My best friend calls me. I didn't even handle. Fucking idiot, Jessica. We'll end um, on that note. <laughs> See you next week. Um, see you week. next week. Bye.